XQ, folks. XQ quality. Better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. This is episode 169 of Channel Massive. Your hosts in this episode are Mark. Mark, 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 Mark. <laughs> Sean. A.K.A. Bo Sankey. And I'm Noah. It's good to have another host along with us for the show. Hey there, Mark. It is, indeed. <laughs> we shall refer to him as Sean. Yes. <laughs> After your last listener mail, people missing Jason, I think I want to, maybe I need to start having a few beers before the show. And... A few? Why stop there? <laughs> Have them before, during, and after, and on the way home, <laughs> while in bed, <laughs> chewing Clean the whole life. time, living the high life. <laughs> Actually, you're, you're, uh, you're our token tobacco chewer tonight, so. There we go. I'll gladly take that role. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Sean, it is great to have you back on the show. Listeners, if you've been listening to us since our uh, reawakening in the last couple of months, Sean joined us, I think, in one of the very first episodes where we started recording again. And we were going to do this one in person again, but I have personal commitments that prevented that, and so we are doing this over the magical, wondrous Skype Yes, you're getting your uh, Brazilian wax or something like that. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, that's right. And Sean, some manscaping. Oh yeah, it, it's a it's a bimonthly procedure. Oh, I thought it was weekly. You know, good to know. <laughs> you know what I I just read freaking on Yahoo, and this applies to uh, one of our people who wrote into the email this episode. But there was a story on Yahoo claiming that uh, eyebrow plucking and trimming has caught on with our deployed soldiers in what? Afghanistan. <laughs> I reckon like, what? Okay. Like, apparently yeah, the barbers and the Middle East are, they, they can't do that kind of uh, facial trimming with traditional Muslim uh, followers because there's very strict tenets against doing that kind of stuff. And so they've just been throwing it in, whether you ask for it or not, if you're one of the American soldiers and, there's a story about this soldier's like, oh my god, I didn't know it was happening until it was done, but now I quite like it, and it's like I do it all the time. And so the story kind of posited that all the soldiers are doing this, which I think is just ridiculous. And it, so they're becoming <laughs> metrosexual. I guess soldiers? you can't be going into battle with your eyelashes all batted in your eyes and stuff. <laughs> Well, Scott Cormack, please write in and tell us it's not the truth. Tell us, <laughs> tell us they didn't give you a facial. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's... <laughs> and this, it's like, yeah, I have to go back twice a month to make sure that they stay kempt. And oh. then they do have a quote from one other soldier saying, I don't get it, and you're never ever going to get me to get it. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's probably the majority of the people out there. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's kind of scary. Uh, let's just take a poll who uh who's trimmed their eyebrows recently here noah 
No. I nope. not. Um, okay, but just once this month, I swear. <laughs> I, I actually had to uh, do that um, three days ago. My wife demanded it. She said I was starting to look like one of those guys on Dune, the Mintats or whatever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> There comes a time if you have like a really long, two inch long hair in your eyebrows that you do need to do something about that. And I have had that instance, but I haven't been like, all right, pluck my eyebrows, please. I need to get them tightened up or whatever it is that you call that. No, uh, I did mine like a man wall style. I just took them both off. <laughs> Turn so, on the clippers and let her rip. Let it go. Throw caution to the wind. So I look a little weird now, kind of like that albino in that one show, the self-flagellating priest guy, albino dude. But, you know, it's, it's all like good. THX 1138 or whatever it was, too. Didn't they have, like, no eyebrows in that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got that look going. Or the wall. That's awesome. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Should, the wall, that's right. But we should probably uh, dip into uh, what we're playing or something. <laughs> yeah, listeners... Tell us all about what you've been playing and what you think about this episode. Send in your feedback to mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. Let us know your shameful grooming habits if you dare to share them (laughs) with us and the rest of the Channel Massive audience. But before we get into any feedback, Mark's right. It's time to talk about what we're playing. Someone to hold me tight would be very This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Service. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. Oh, so do I, do I start here? Yeah, you uh, run this <laughs> what we're playing segment. <laughs> well, mine should be... Help. Oh, man, I don't know what to say. Um, You know, mine should be pretty short. I I played a game of League of Legends, or like a night of League of Legends on Saturday. and uh, But I won't go into that, really. Um, Nobody wants to know. Nobody wants Our to know. Our Gallup hear. polls tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been, the only game I've really been playing is this game on my phone called Baseball Superstars 2 and I think it was like $3 on the market and um, it's surprisingly addictive I think I was in the same boat as Mark it, I had bought a few games here or there I don't really get into the tower defense ones I think I bought Robo Defense 2 or whatever and I don't know I just don't have enough patience for, for those games but the um the baseball one, you know, it, I started off just playing, like, these exhibition games, and, yeah, that was fun and all, but you can do this My League thing, and you st- you create, you know, either a batter or a pitcher, skips everything but your batting, and, you know, it, it just, whatever, calculates other things happening, and so sometimes it'll be, like, the ninth inning, the bottom of the ninth inning, and you're down by one run, and there's two guys on base, and, like, this little icon of your coach will be like, hit a home run, win the game, and, you know, you hit a home run, and you win, and you you have these goals for the season, and as you progress, you get points, and you buy better bats, and you start hitting more home runs, and I don't know why it's it's addicting, but it, it's fun to 
go through the seasons and become a better batter. And I don't even really like baseball, but for some reason they just got me with this one. So, and it's, you know, it's funny because they have this thing called G points and it's, you know, like RP or whatever in League of Legends, that model, but. Oh, wow. It's definitely not to that level where I could, you know, I just think if there's anyone who actually buys these G points, they, they have a whole world of gaming to be exposed to because it's not to that point yet, but it's, you know, I could see, I've always wondered what it'd be like to, you know, get a game that would be as cool as League of Legends, like competitive and interactive on your phone. So it's a step in the right direction for sure. That's kind of good to hear, actually. When I hear G points, I think of G potato. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that, Mark? Yeah, G potato. They made that crazy, like, wow clone, right? Yeah. I don't can't remember, remember the name of it called. <laughs> if Eric were here, he'd know. <laughs> and you, sir, are no Eric. That's right. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're not one either. Neither of you are Eric, nor nor of all free-to-play MMOs. Off not the top that of caliber, head. no. No, he does know it all. Well, that's cool. What about you, Noah? I was well when Sean was talking about what he was playing. It reminded me of the story that just came out this last week. There was a GFK survey of people who have tablets, and apparently, if you have a tablet, in this survey, gaming on it is sixty nine percent your favorite activity. Wow. Followed by social networking, which is fifty nine percent, weather fifty eight percent, and music fifty three percent. What how this relates to gaming is that people who have a tablet in this survey say that they play on gaming consoles 59% less. Wow, it really saps the time, Wait, so like 59% of the people play less, or the people who play less play 59%? (laughs) The quote is, GFK has revealed that the majority of tablet owners using gaming consoles and hence, okay, let's see, has revealed that the majority of tablet owners use gaming consoles and handhelds 59% less as a result of owning a tablet. Wow. Hmm. That is just stunning to me. It kind of makes sense because you know, time's not infinite. It's not like you buy a tablet and then you have 12 extra hours a week to play video games on that. It's, it's like it's one or the other. But when I hear people talking about playing games on their smartphones, that's definitely gaming time as well. I mean, I I had that happen to me this last weekend. I have Kirby on my DS, which I've just been powering through, and I actually did finish the other day, so you won't have to hear me mention that ever again. (laughs) (laughs) But over the weekend, I had a chance to play in the Old Republic beta. Unlike Mark, I wasn't given a limitless beta. I only had time during the weekend to play, but I also really wanted to play Kirby. And so I spent like a couple hours playing Kirby, and I'm like, wow, that's time that I can't spend in the Old Republic. And I ultimately only played the Old Republic for four hours, and the personal things I have to take care of in my apartment, which sounds a lot more interesting than it really is, it's just furniture-related stuff, that precluded me from playing anymore, Old Republic, which is unfortunate. But I felt like, well, I haven't gotten to experience nearly as much as Mark has, because he gets to play like every day, apparently, (laughs) that I got a really good uh, feel for what the game is and whether or not it actually be pre-ordering it. I don't oh, think that's I've played cool. any League of Legends. So. Wow. A little hiatus there, huh? Dude, Kirby for Super Nintendo, I forget the name of it, but that game was freaking amazing. 
Did you play that one? I think it's Kirby Superstar, maybe? That sounds, that yeah, that sounds about right. There's some stars involved, for there's sure. There's, like, some kind of mini-game compilation. Like, there's different games you could play in it, maybe? There was, like, it definitely was kind of broken up into mini-games, and there was a a main game kind of story. But, yeah, yeah there yeah. was these cool mini-games. I think that's I think that's what it's called because they they re-released it on the uh, DS as Kirby Superstar Ultra a few years ago, and it was a Super Nintendo game, and apparently it's really really cool. I never played it though. Only got into Kirby in recent years. I stayed away from it because you know I, I had the reaction to it that probably a lot of our listeners do who haven't played Kirby games. Like, oh my god, that's for kids and girls. But it's actually really fun, really well designed games, the the series as a whole. So yeah. That's my game time. As far as my verdict on Old Republic, it's just a little too much wow for me. So hmm. we'll mm-hmm. not be getting into it, even though I wish I could have tried some of the things that Mark talked about. Uh, but I didn't get a chance to. I didn't get to that level in my... Twi'lek just... Slave Girl 3-Way. <laughs> Don't be teasing the listeners with that, because it's not true. <laughs> this isn't the original Star Wars MMO. Star Wars Galaxy <laughs> Where you're a That's, dancer. <laughs> yeah. I did find a dancer, though, that was scantily clad that cracked me up. But Yeah, once anyway. the NDA falls down, I'll be able to elaborate or pontificate specifically what my issues were. But well, it's, cool. I mean, if you're into WoW, if you're into MMOs, if you ever liked that and feel like you've had a sufficient break from that in case you ever got bored from it, I think you will love The Old Republic, provided you like Star Wars as well. That's what I've been playing. How about you, Mark? Oh, I didn't expect this. Um, well, let's see. I'm still playing that tower defense game on my iPhone, Tower Defense Lost Earth by Moon Blossom Studios. Um, That's good. It will not appear. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's just it's so good, and it doesn't appear on any like top ten lists or anything. But I have I have you know purchased about all of the top ten tower defense games for the iPhone and they all are crap compared to this one. It's just the, the, the difficulty is there. The, you know, it's just everything a tower defense game should be, I think. And except for amazing, you don't get to do a lot of amazing with it, but I just think it's so good. And I played it on easy and it took me, you know, I got a couple, I think it took me over a month to finish it on easy and maybe not less than a month, but on medium, it's taken me about two months and now I'm playing through it again on hard mode. And it's so hard. And there are so many levels to get through with so many unique challenges on, you know, strategy and stuff. Um, and I just, I mean, I'm like, I've gotten my $3 worth or something out of it so many times over. I just, you know, it's like it's like my mission now to finish it on hard and to not lose any lives. You know, I'm trying to get, like, through it perfectly. So just really enjoying that. I, I have been playing the hell out of the, uh, the Tor um, MMO. I haven't played no League of Legends, um, but I plan to starting tonight. But anyway, um, I've been playing through that, the tour thing, and it's weird because, you know, Noah, I think I'm supposed to not be, I think I was supposed to only be able to play for the weekend because I'm on the server that's the weekend server, but I've never had any restrictions for some reason. So I don't know if there's a different classification that I lucked into or if something is just like if I fall into the cracks or what, but... I'm on the, you know, like, I, I have a couple of friends who have the limitless beta that, that I thought I had, and they have three, they have a choice of three different servers, like a PvE and a PvP and stuff, and I don't have that. I'm just thrown yeah, on the Yeah, I had that in my session, too. Oh, you had the choice? Yeah. 
I don't have the choice. Maybe I'm just on a really weird track, but I'm only on this one server that's a PvP server. It's my only option. And nobody else can play that I know that's got the beta can play with me on it. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. And I would disagree, but we, we can talk about this later, but I don't feel like it's uh, just another MMO. I think, um, But I think this aligns up with a topic we'll talk about later, so I won't spoil that. Um, and that's been... Almost, I played a little bit of um, Force Unleashed because I had like no internet connection and I was craving some Star Wars fun, so I started to play my old uh, Force Unleashed and got into that a little bit. That's been about it. Very nice. Listeners, if you have any stories that you want to share about what you're playing, send them into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. You can also leave us comments over on the website about what's been going down in your little world of gaming. Up next, we're going to get into your feedback from last week's episode. Listeners, thank you so much for sending in all of your great feedback. We have a lot of emails to go through. First up, from Scott in Afghanistan. This is not the same Scott that you're familiar with from Channel Massive Legends. This is Scott C., Scott from the Far East, not from the South. That's right. He wrote in, What's up, dudes? I have a story for you. It goes a little something like this. No shit, there I was, knee-deep in dirt, flying bullets, explosions, and no internet. Yeah, that's the worst part. No internet. This horrible place is known as some Beelzebub's lower intestine and as Afghanistan by others. For nine months, I've been here twitching and detoxing for my internet addiction when suddenly Uncle Sam decided to hook a brother up and bam, let there be internet. So I hook my laptop up and immediately open iTunes to look for Channel Massive episodes. Well, that wasn't the first thing I did, but the story wouldn't be as dramatic otherwise. After about 15 minutes of epically slow satellite internet love washing over my laptop, I was aghast to find that all there was were episodes of the League of Legends show. As this thought sank in, I began to become angry. No, not angry. Enraged. I, I was you ready to mad. have you guys elevate your feet off of a kitchen table and start doing push-ups until you made some more of my beloved show. After scrolling for a bit, I did see that the regularly scheduled program had been started again. After months of hiatus, my rage calmed a bit. So unless you want to crush all of my hopes and dreams, don't do that again. Please. Seriously. Why did you guys take such a big break, and where the crap is the slacker face 9000, also known as Jason? Tell him to elevate his feet off of the kitchen table until he fixes himself. The League of Legends show would be great, but I just don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. <laughs> I've not gotten a chance to play it yet. Keep up the semi-good work, slackers. Scott. Well, thanks for uh, checking us out, man. Yeah, we hadn't... Uh, we, we hadn't been recording for a while. And it is so great to hear from you again, Scott, and to hear that you finally have internet out there in Afghanistan. And we are very honored that you went looking for Channel Massive, looking for trouble on your satellite internet. Yeah. And we're happy that we're, there, that we're back recording regularly. We just had, you know, stuff going on. Took a hiatus. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess we can tell everyone that Jason had a sex change operation, and so that that was that was kind of what kept us, uh, you know, busy for a while, supporting him. Yeah, and if you can't have that same voice on the show, yeah, because now he talks like this. It just it just, it just doesn't work. Not the same. Okay, so that's not entirely true. No, that's not at all the case. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Jason, unfortunately, I think his work schedule, his new job at Apple, yep, is he, uh, from being a you know Apple wasn't wasn't big enough for the two of them, he, he and Steve Jobs. So Jobs, you know, took the honorable approach and bowed out. But you know, and it was kind of a drastic way to go. But you know. <laughs> Now that Jason's there, I think the the ship will be steered. Or, you know, he'll <laughs> steer a bright new course for the company, and I, I think all will be well. So, look for big things from Apple, like maybe an iPhone five in our lifetimes. But yeah, it's just for us, Scott. I mean, joking aside, we have recorded a lot of episodes, and we're like, man, what are we gonna do? And we've tried a lot of different format ideas and topic ideas, and then they fizzled out and. So we're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's take a break and let's just play games. And so that's what we did. And then it's like, well, maybe we should do the podcast again. Just the gaming fueled our hunger for the podcast. And yes. that's what happened. It was a vicious cycle. And yes. here we go. we're back. And we're regular. Now we have help. Lots of fiber. We've enlisted all three Wolf Brothers. Yeah. And, uh, and we've got a bunch of other um, hosts that we're going to be pulling in, you know, so we plan to keep it fresh. Yeah, and we hope that you enjoy it and keep listening. Let us know what you think. Yep. Send us mail. <laughs> Find us on Facebook. That's or do the I, the iTunes thing. We'll be happy. We got another email from Nate of Tradeaculator which is kind of like, I guess, Triangulator, telling us about a new website that he's put together with him, with his, I don't know if it's all on his own or if it's not, it says we, so I'm guessing there are other people working with Nate. But basically it is a way for you to see what current values are of games out there, and it pulls in price data from Best Buy, Glide, and Amazon.com. If you want to check it out, it is spelled how it sounds. <laughs> T-R-A-D-A-C-U-L-A-T-O-R Dot com So it's like trade Culator Dot com Or Traculator Traculator from Transylvania <laughs> Did you guys go there? Suck your blood To Transylvania? No, I have not gone there <laughs> um, But I have a friend who just got back from Moldovia, which is really close And he did have two Holes in his neck, so uh, it was as I suspected. Yeah, I don't trust him at all. He keeps sneaking up behind me and saying, I need your blood, but uh, it's all good. But Yeah, check it out. It's kind of cool to pull in all the feeds, and, and I've gone to the website and stuff, and it um, kind of lines up with kind of what we, we've been talking about, which is, yeah, it'd be really cool to support the game industry and their incredibly high prices, but most of us are realistic, um, you know, people with... Without, uh, we're not independently wealthy, and trade-ins and the bargain bin and stuff like that actually comes in kind of handy to be able to buy all the cool games and keep up with stuff. So check it out. It's kind of cool. Thanks for thanks for writing in. Our next email is from Adam, who says, Hey, guys, any chance you can noisy your audio levels across the board? You two are so soft-spoken, and your audio levels are so low that even with the volume at max on my car and phone, I still struggle to understand what you're saying. The Legends podcast that comes out during the week seems fine if you're able to get their levels. Not sure how all that works, Smiley. Thanks. Enjoying the show when I can hear it. 
Adam. Eh, that's Scott showing us up after we taught him everything he knows. I know. <laughs> well, actually, Noah, you were having a hardware problem, which is... Uh, yeah, it's an issue show. that I've had before where while I'm editing a show, something random will happen, and all of a sudden the headphones get set to deafening volume levels that I can only adjust in one area, and then it makes everything quiet, and then I can't get the volume of the show back. Oh, my gosh. I had Mark look at it and try to troubleshoot it. We couldn't figure it out, and then just randomly by some stroke of luck, because this program is incredibly overwrought and, and high, very complex, I found some extra sliders while editing Dojo Show Go, the Nintendojo podcast, and I think it solved it. So if this podcast is coming out loud and clear in your car, that means we've solved it. Let us know, Adam, and thanks for writing in. Last piece of feedback, another piece from Scott. In Afghanistan, this will be quick. He says, I think that guy that was going on and on about how men are losing their superior superiority is complete BS. I mean, I wish my wife would become a professional something or other so I could stay home and be Mr. Mom playing video games all day. Sugar Mamas are awesome. Scott. Wow. Yeah. I think that guy, that was one of the most irritating articles I've read in a long time. <laughs> That's why he forced everyone to talk about it. It's so incendiary for me. I just was like, God, you're so afraid of women everything. Taking over the world. These women and they want rights and they're they ruthless. Want, they want to be able to have voting and uh, you know, <laughs> prohibition was caused by women being able to vote. You know, stuff like that. I was just like, My God, it's just uh you know. I mean stupid. I I'm as misogynistic as the next guy, but still, even I have limits. <laughs> so without further ado, this is the end of our email section. If you would like to be in next week's episode's email, send it to mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. We love hearing from you. Thank you very much to Scott, Adam, Nate. Yes, that's everything. Scott. <laughs> Scott twice Scott because twice. he's not only used his newfound internet to download our show he's written us twice which is pretty cool that is sweet so we thank you guys all for writing in and now we're going to get into our roundtable discussion points we are going to talk about the downfall of the traditional MMO as well as what it's like to work at a free to play company which one you'll find out So in a uh, fairly recent Gamma Sutra article uh, by Josh Beiser, the article is titled The Coming Downfall of Traditional MMOs. He kind of talks about his his views that um, we're kind of on a, a precipice, if you will, for the MMO market, and that with everybody going free-to-play as fast as humanly possible, the days of the $15 a month subscription model um, may well be fading away, at least for anything that's less than a four or a quadra A title like World of Warcraft or the upcoming uh, Old Republic game. Uh, compare and contrast, what do you guys think? Um, but no, actually, he <laughs> um, <laughs> goes on to just kind of talk about, you know, to reinforce his point and talk about um, a bunch of different concepts, you know, how it's a different genre from other genres. It's a different MMO designs are different from other genres um, due to the size and cost development. So there's a huge in, in investment by the the developer uh, ahead of time, 
And when these guys come out and they flop, it can actually be a company killer, yeah. um, ver- you know, versus traditional titles where it's like, oh, that really sucks and we will never make a sequel, but we will live to fight another day. <laughs> um, you know, and he talks about how these different models have kind of emerged, you know, ArenaNet doing it their way where they just, you know, came out with, you know, four titles fairly quickly at a, you know, $50 price point that didn't have a reoccurring um, or a $40 price point that didn't have a reoccurring subscription model, how the free-to-play stuff has kind of arisen, the, the microtransaction model, and then, the you know, the premium subscription, and then some of the fallacies that, um, you know, are kind of believed or, or, or put out there by the MMO developers, like, oh, yes, you do pay for it, but there's going to be all this amazing live team, you know, action that, that you're not going to be able to to get in any other type of game and huge expansions, brand new worlds, new character classes. You will be, you will be the center of attention, you know, blah, blah, things that we know MMOs don't do well. And this one will be different because they list out all the features and you're like, those are the same features that were in Ultima online or EverQuest, you know, just marketed slightly better. Yes. So it's an interesting article. And I I think you got us all kind of, and I, you know, yeah, I'm talking about it. You know, I, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, we're having some Skype issues. <laughs> yeah, surprise, Skype surprise. Yeah, the other aspect that I think is really cool because Mark covered the the crux of the article, but I thought another interesting dimension of it was the reason that MMOs started out in the '90s like EverQuest and were successful and that the subscription model had legs to it for many years is because originally MMOs were the only game where you had multiplayer gameplay, but you were also guaranteed some kind of developer attention, that there would be updates of some sort, that there would be live events like Mark was mentioning, and there would be expansions. Uh, The best kind would be the ones that are free, or there would be a new race launched or a new town or whatever. And then even more importantly than that, MMOs are so much about interacting with other people. Granted, Blizzard shifted that with making World of Warcraft a very single-player-friendly MMO for pretty much the entire game until you get to the end game. But it used to be that if you wanted to make friends and live in a gaming world virtually and have lots of socialization, you could only get that in MMOs. So people were willing to pay a premium. They were willing to pay a subscription to get all that extra content that would come, to get the ongoing developer attention, and to also create, foster, end violently friendships with people via the MMOs. But now, (laughs) with online gaming becoming so pervasive between the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live and Steam and Ventrilo and UGT servers, I'll just throw that out there, and Skype. There's all these ways that people can talk in games, genres that used to not have it, whether it's a fighting game or a racing game or, of course, a first-person shooter. I mean, there's entire clans that built up around Halo and Call of Duty. And so, and oftentimes if there's new maps that were released for that, in the PC world they were free, and in the console world they're like 5 bucks or 15 bucks, and it's a lot cheaper than a 15 bucks subscription that happens every single month and so obviously mmos for the economical consumer and for gamers that are interested in other genres that aren't so grindy and rpg based they're getting that itch scratch elsewhere and they don't have to pay a subscription for it 
So traditional MMOs lose their luster. Sean, you've played a number of different types of games and, and different genres and stuff like that. Where in what genre do you feel that you got the most benefit or you enjoyed the social interaction, the gamer community that came around it? No, oh, it was definitely an MMOs. Um, but when I played Ultima Online, it was after its heyday. I kind of found out about it through a friend, and he was playing on a free shard. And so it was kind of like free-to-play in that aspect because I feel like when I buy things on League of Legends, I'm kind of like supporting it. I'm, you know, it's my decision to support the game. I think it's it's cool what's going on with it. And so it was the same way with this free shard. You know, they needed, they paid for their servers um, purely off of donations from the users. And so, but it was small and it had, so it had a really tight knit community. Um, it was like kind of like you were a big part of something small as opposed to being a small part of something big. And so, yeah, there was just something to that, you know, like my brother, for instance, was a thief and there was a world chat and people would be, you know, very frequently they'd be, you know, damn it. Hacks was his name. I got, you stole my thing or whatever. And, you know, my brother would be laughing up a storm and he had a shop in town where he would resell everyone their stolen goods. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, it was just, there was something to that. So I don't know what that has to say about, you know, this precipice or whatever, but, you know, it could be related to that somehow. I remember the social aspect of MMOs being one of the things that I found most intriguing and alluring and why I first tried out EverQuest so many years ago when the Ruins of Kunark or whatever that Lizard People expansion was called, when that launched, that's when I tried it. And I made a little lizard, an Ixar uh, <laughs> necromancer, I think. Sexromancer. I <laughs> <laughs> and I also tried role-playing a female character just to see if the rumors were true that they would, you would just get free stuff if you played a girl, and that was true, and that was the last time I did it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> feel dirty. It was just Did lame. you have to say you were a girl, too? No, like I never in did. in real life? No. But it was funny. It's like the desperation that came across just so quickly. Like, hey, if you need any help, I, I'm really happy to help you. Anything <laughs> that you need. Da, da, da. And just like not even asking any personal information. Of course, this was back in 90, 2000, 2001, when there was less paranoia about impersonation and all that other stuff. So that's probably why the person was like, of course, that's a girl. It's a girl character. Right. Yeah, foolish, foolish. Self-respecting <laughs> male would play as a girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I just the gameplay just was not that fun for me, and so I went away from it. And then, of course, I played City of Heroes, and what made that so cool was playing it with Mark and Jason and Jim. And it wasn't quite so much the gameplay because the gameplay was cool; it was better than it was in EverQuest. But it wasn't like, man, I can't wait to play that again. For the experience, it was more about the community and nowadays i don't play mmos but i really love playing league of legends with the wolf brothers a lot and with mark and scott and everybody else and it's like there's no subscription involved but but i mean at first i didn't play it because the freaking learning curve was hard and it really sucked and to lose all the time once i got past that 
it's like I get the best of both worlds. I get a game that I really enjoy the gameplay of and the community. And it's like, heck yeah, this fulfills the needs that I was looking for in MMOs, but I couldn't get into because I just didn't like the gameplay enough. And the people I wanted to play with weren't on enough or weren't on at the same time, so I couldn't make that connection happen. So to see stuff go free to play at a really high level of quality, like Lotro and the other games, uh, Star Trek, DC Universe, I think it's good. It's good for everybody. Not so good for the developers that have been hurt by it, but I definitely embrace it. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, you know, for the games that maybe they start out as a, as a you know, like I was saying, a, not a AAA, but like a 4A title like World of Warcraft or um, this new Star Wars guy, you know, let them have their day maybe. Maybe they will where they do get the subscription model, but then they inevitably go to free-to-play. Well, that's okay too, right? I mean, if if it works, it's fine by me. And, you know, I do I do enjoy playing something of that quality like just the music in world of warcraft if you really look at like it's something i forget how many hours it's up to now but i think you could listen to the music without it repeating for two days solid now you know there i saw you know you know i'm saying like 48 hours worth of just original music in that game and it's super high quality yeah composers you know so just to have that level of of artistry you know across the board involved in the production of that game um, and to be able to consume it for free or for free with a little bit of, you know, some, some microtransactions for this or that. I think that's an awesome deal for the consumer. And I don't think it's a bad deal for the developer because they will have had the, you know, the price that they receive for the, the actual title, which is, you know, close to what you get for a, you know, a triple a console title or something like that. Plus, you know, they'll have had months and months of, you know, reoccurring um, revenue from the, the monthly subscription fee. I kind of think it's a win-win, you know, scenario for everyone. Do I think that after the old Republic, there will be MMOs that launch as a monthly subscription model, which is kind of the question you're, you know, inexorably drawn to as you read this. I, I don't know. I really think, you know, unlike well, who is it that said that that's not true? Is it the Sony guy? Yeah, the SOE. I or yeah, the SOE. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's president or what. I don't think that that's true. I I think that might be the last one that launches as a. You know. Oh yeah, it was it was SOE people who claimed that the Old Republic would be the last subscription-based one, and then Bioware Blizzard's like, well, thanks. That's really nice. You think that, but we don't think that's true. Right. Yeah, I I think it might be the uh, it might well be the last one, just because there's so many options out there for people, and there's different types of games, you know. And I yeah, I, I have a hard time seeing something else come out. You know, this one's obviously been in development for a long time. Its development started back when the subscription model was the norm, but it's not anymore. <laughs> you know, so. it's funny. I remember following the news and they would, they were, they played coy about their monetization model. They're like, are you going to be subscription based or are you going to do something else? Well, we're considering a variety of options and they played right. coy and of course they went subscription. No big surprise because they figure that they have enough clout to, to pull it off. But will the secret world launch as subscription? I don't know. It might, but will Blizzard's project Titan? be subscription based i highly doubt it i think they've yeah. even gone on the record saying that it won't but i i just i really don't see 
any future MMOs that we haven't heard about yet, like something that we have not heard any whisper or even code names about, I don't see there being anything out there that's been development that's like, yeah, this is going to be a subscription one because it's, it's got something different. We are through that age. We are done with that. We went through that with Age of Conan and Star Trek and Champions and all those other games. Like, oh, we've got something different. We've got something different. You can spend 15 bucks a month with us and get the value, but they haven't gone anywhere. They've gone through yeah. the plate. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, and I think there's just so many creative ways to monetize things. You know, with League of Legends, they did it. They made it so that you – it's hard to explain to people, you know. People will try to say, oh, so you have to you have to buy this to become, you know, to – to be, you know, to get the, the special thing or whatever. And it's like, no, really? I mean, you could just play free champs the whole way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and so I feel like with Blizzard's, uh, with Diablo 3, with the market, with the ability to use real money to buy things, I mean, that's just another way to do it. And so I could see all sorts of, you know, all sorts of, you know, what I was thinking of is if you had a MMO where, there was it was in space like Star Wars and there was you could buy a planet and you could customize things on your own planet and people could come and visit it and you know multiple people many people could come settle there so there's just things like that where you can really get creative with how you want to get people get people to spend their money so yeah listeners we'd love to hear what your take is on this topic if you are tired of subscription-based MMOs if you're not getting the older public on the principle that it's subscription-based and you just know it's going to go free-to-play? Or do you think that the subscription model is going to be around for at least another generation? Tell us. Send your thoughts into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Up next, we're going to talk about the development challenges at a free-to-play game company. Noel posted some articles to me earlier today, and I thought a really interesting one was uh, this interview with um, uh, the director. I'm not sure what that even means when they say director in the context of a game. Is it like a is it like a movie? How does that work? It's a good question. I think it's one of the top top positions. It's well, it's design director in this case. So this could be character design or it could be overall game mechanic design but it's definitely high up there in the chain of command so i imagine him like coming in scribbling on the whiteboard some you know telling everyone to go do their work and they come back and they put things on his desk and he just you know will be like that's awesome or he'll say that's shit (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) oh man that'd be the job but they interviewed him and he, I don't know if the intention of the interview was to have him talk about the problems or the challenges that they've come into, but that's definitely the way it came out. And so it was interesting. It was cool to see that, um, especially because this particular game. Wait, did I say the game's name yet or not? You have not. Oh, which you can know. continue to choose. You can continue to do, or or you can say. So the game, which shall remain nameless, and no, none of you have ever heard of, probably. Actually, you've probably all heard of it, but um, it's very popular. And they're, you know, in the last segment, people, or Noah and Mark, were talking about how the MMO games give the users kind of some power, right? They get to 
say, hey, I want this in the game, or, you know, they, they get some choice in, in what they're going to do. And so this game has more of that than I've seen in any other game, where to the point where it's it's almost, it seems like too much sometimes, where kind of like the mob effect, where people will say, oh, this this character is no good, or, or I don't like this, and, you know, two weeks later, they'll patch it. And, you know, some people might say, well, I actually like that. So, but the director didn't talk a lot about that. He kind of <clears throat> talks about, you know, just some of their ideas and how they, they kind of got, you know, off track within their own scope. And so it was cool to see that. And I guess it just brought, it brought a rise in my mind, the interesting challenges of them continually pushing out new content and trying to remain true to, you know, their vision. And then, you know, balancing that with people who pay for the game and trying not to piss them off or even going the extra mile to make them happy. And so I don't know what uh, any conclusions that I drew from it, but what did you guys think? I kind of like where you're going with what stuck out to you, which is kind of tangential to the article, which talked about basically management challenges where employees get bogged down in routines or in trying to make something big and flashy, or they just get emotionally attached to something and it screws up the whole process and it ends up being a big waste of time and money. But what I think is cool about what Sean is highlighting is that companies that run online games where there's an active community that's very vocal and can get out there and tell you right away what they think about your game in the forums. Companies that have those types of games, in order to keep people happy and to keep buying their games and paying for them, they have to be out there in the community with them. There has to be a community manager making sure everything's smoothed over, paying attention to the things that are really important, downplaying the things that are really just hyperactive jerks. Because... It doesn't matter if your game is really awesome. If you go to the forums for your game site and there's people just ripping and ripping on something that you put a whole bunch of work into and you're really proud of, even if you feel that it's great, it's it's demoralizing to see that. And there are a lot of game communities out there, whether it's Blizzard or Call of Duty with Activision and their development houses. I mean, the people out there, these anonymous nerds and gamer, hardcore gamers, they're like, great, I'm just going to let it all hang out here on the forums and say how much this game sucks because of this, that, and the other, or just that the game sucks without even justifying it. To be a developer in that position, it really sucks. And what's cool about some of the online game companies out there is they listen. That's the best experience that we as gamers can hope for, is Mm -hmm. that the developers read what we're saying. They actually pay attention to it. They don't just turn a blind eye to it. They don't just throw a community manager on it and hope for the best and say, just smooth it out, make sure it's okay. They listen to things that are being critiqued and they say, you know what, that is a valid issue. Let's see if we can fix it or let's see if we can add something to the game that will make it better. But there's a risk in being too sensitive and too accommodating in doing that that can can alienate some of your original fans who are just fine with what was going on, like Sean was saying. It's like, you didn't need to change this. It's fine. This is just growing pains. This is, I mean, people, most people don't like change. And the thing that's true about online games, they get a lot of change. They have to be, get changes to get fixed, to remain relevant, to remain interesting, to get new people to buy it, to come and play with you, 
change has to happen and it's not easy for some people. They don't want things to be changed. And it's so great when a company is willing to change based on what gamers think, not just what they think, not what their focus groups think, not what their QA department thinks or their designers or artists or whatever. They listen to what the gamers say. But it's just like striking that balance is hard. And when you start accommodating bitchy gamers, then other people start to jump on the bitch game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And it's like, startups, if you agree with me that you think that this sucks, downvote the staffer's forum post or upvote mine or sit, let's, I'm going to start a thread. Let's start a petition. Let's put up a poll and show them what we really think. And it's just like it's almost too much empowerment on the gamers. Bam. See, what I think they need with those forums is you need to have less anonymity, anonymity, anonymity. And at least not like to have their actual picture showing, but to be linked to their game account. And so like in an MMO, if I knew who's being a douche, then we could like band together as freaking assassins and go get them. <laughs> I know that Mark and Phil did that sometimes. And I think did they really? And... <laughs> Mark, didn't you team up on people? Well, you teamed up on people who ganked you. Yeah, yeah. We, not so much like a forums hunt down. down. <laughs> right, right. More of a in-game hunt down. <laughs> but it was fun. That kind of so, Sean, what's your stance on the whole Blizzard Real ID debacle that happened? Mm, I've, I've never even heard of that. So Blizzard was going to mandate that everybody's account in the forums and their actual Blizzard Gamer account be changed to show their real legal name, first name and last name. Oh my so gosh. anything you posted in the forums was with your real name. So it wasn't even linked to your game account. It was linked to you, who you were. I feel like I'm too short-sighted to understand how dangerous that could be. But there's definitely times when I want it, that's for sure. Like when someone says, you're an idiot, and you're like, I guess it doesn't really matter because in the context, oh, for instance, I'm on this mountainproject.com. It's a rock climbing forum. And people still say dumb shit, but people also on that forum have like said, meet me here and it's going down. <laughs> and they're two grown men. So that's kind of funny to see sometimes, but uh, you know, I don't know. So they're off of a cliff. Sometimes people say it's, yeah, that would be ironic, but sometimes people say stuff that I think you might, you could might be accountable for, should be held accountable for because it's like, yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to get away with saying some stuff like that. But in the same point, it's the internet, so I think we've all been, you know, we're all used to it by now. Is it? Did they have any motivation behind it? I'm sure they did, but did they? Were, what, what did they say? Why would they do that? They said it was going to be a better game experience for everyone overall. Hmm. This was the last year, wasn't it, Mark? Last summer. Yeah. I remember yeah, Jason I made so. a pretty awesome uh, channel message <laughs> today episode about it, and like he made a he made a version of the Cheers song, except it was all about. Uh, Blizzard and going where everybody knows your name because of real ID. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Awesome. <laughs> I got to pull that up. You know, I think, like, I wonder if it, that's like a topic for a whole different episode, but I mean, I wonder if you could, because if you do that, then do you go as far as saying, like, that you can break the law, you know, by saying, I don't know what you could do or say, but. It's it's starting to get kind of scary, actually. You know what I mean? Like, if you do something, I don't know. I don't know what you could even do, but 
you know, it, it would keep people from saying dumb stuff, but then do you go as far as to say you could penalize someone, like, you know, against their real ID? I guess if it's just in the game, then they can still do that now, but I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Mark, what do you think about developers accommodating gamers' whiny whims? I, I hate it, actually. I, I like... I like how Blizzard usually is where they're totally like in into their own thing and they're like, we're going to make the game that we intended to make and we're going to make it the way we're going to make it and we know what's best and blah, 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 and this is how it's going to be. And I feel like that's not the worst approach if you have, you know, visionaries and people that really know what they're doing about gaming because game players don't really know how to make a good game. They yeah, just absolutely. know what they like, you know? I mean... Take take your average cross section of of devout gamers and put them sit them down at a and build a tiger team out of them and see what they can come up with in you know in three weeks worth of development and you'll you'll have nothing you know <laughs> so I mean I just I just it does it bothers me quite a bit when when developers succumb to the loudest voice on a forum post or you know people just complaining and stuff it, I, I think. You remember Eve I, like made a big deal out of this where they Oh actually, yeah, the Interstellar Council or whatever it was or the I thought that you know that was like kind of an interesting idea but Eve does everything so differently. And let's face it, playing that game is not it's not like an it's not like even like a normal MMO. It's more it's almost like a lifestyle you have to adopt, I think. You know, it's very different. Um it's almost like having another another job, I think. <laughs> it's really <laughs> different. But yeah, I I don't I don't think developers should really I mean you can't not pay attention to what the community is saying about stuff. But do you have to react by going, "Okay, nerf the warlock" or whatever, you know? No, you don't. You you can do other things. You can you can look at it and say, is it just that nobody knows how the hell to play everybody else? Is this just the easy button character, but the others are still balanced? You know, it's, it's stuff like that. Or or where, you know, the whole community is just, you know, up in arms about, um, you know, a, a delay for an expansion or something like that. It's like, well, they're not going to go and release it too soon or anything like that. So I think a lot of it's just noise and it's annoying. And I get annoyed seeing it, frankly. I've never been a big forum poster. I don't expect that the stuff I put on a forum is going to be, you know, like given any credit by the developers. I don't even think it's going to be taken seriously by the other forum readers, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's just annoying to me. Dude, I think you hit the nail right on that. I was thinking that, too. It's like sometimes I just don't know what I want. Like when – I had no idea that I would have ever liked League of Legends when people were telling me about it. I was like, eh, it doesn't really sound like, you know, something I'd be interested in. And then you try and you're like, holy cow. Right, you know, right. Yeah. What makes me think of uh, what would be funny is if, like, you take the community now, or if you took Mario, like the original Mario, and brought it into, like, an online free-to-play game, what people would be saying about it. Man, Mario's so freaking <laughs> slow. That's hilarious, but true. <laughs> Listeners, tell us what you think. Do you think you've ever been the victim of an overly vocal gamer or forum poster? Or do you feel that has there ever been a game that you really liked playing 
but it seemed like the, the developer never listened to you. It was the developer's way or no way. Love it or leave it. Let us know what your stories are by sending them into mail. M-A-Y-L. <laughs> <laughs> no, not another spelling. <laughs> At channelmassive.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And that is actually the end of episode 169. We hope you like the show. Thank you very much again, Sean, for joining us in this episode. It's great to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me. It was awesome. And thank you, Mark. Well, you know, I felt compelled to do it. (laughs) So, yeah, listeners, let us know what you think about the episode. We hope you liked it, and we'll be back next week. Come on, we're right up.